0: and welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from Scratch Supply Co. We're recording today from downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to
1: be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. We were also really excited to be at Rhinebeck last weekend. Seriously, friends, it was so good. It was so much fun.
0: I don't think I had realized how much I missed meeting fiber
1: people. Big wooly energy all weekend long. It was so good and so outdoors. It was fantastic. (laughs) Like Everything was outside, and it just felt great. So today, we are just going to chat about all of our adventures. You're not going to learn anything, (laughs) nothing magical or insightful. You just get to come on a vacation journey with us. If you weren't at Rhinebeck this year for any number of reasons, whether it was want or anything else, we hope you enjoy hearing about our fun time (laughs) because we had an (laughs) excellent time. We
0: really did. And it still a little bit felt like pandemic event light, which just makes me feel even more excited for when we finally kick this thing and we get
1: to like do fiber events for real, for real, for real. Like we really did this, but it was very masked, which is good. It worked for us. Less hugging strangers than we want, though. Yeah. (laughs) And I think maybe fewer people than in a not like this year. Right. So with that said. Let's go on an adventure. hmm <laughs> Do we have traveling music? It's a long way, Perfect.)
0: <laughs> so just to kind of get this off with the right
1: tone. We drove a U-Haul to (laughs) Rhinebeck. Very normal. Very fine. Particularly for people who are not actually there to sell anything. Right.
0: We went down on Thursday because we were sponsoring the India Untangled Lounge, which was outside. So it was the India Untangled picnic area. And we were trying to think like, because it's outside, what was the feeling? And what we wanted was a recreation of our knitting space, our living room, basically, but outside at a horse track, because that's where Indian Untangled was this year.
1: So as you can imagine, <laughs> this required a lot of furniture. Right. There was a couch. There was. There was a rug. There was there, a rug. <laughs> there were shelves. There were tables, chairs. Yes. Like, we we moved the furniture.
0: We were also loaning some fixtures to the event organizer. So we like ripped our store apart the day before we left. I think anybody who didn't know that we were gone, who may have come by and looked in the window at the store, would have thought that maybe we had fled. Because it was just like sure. yarn in piles and nothing, <laughs> no furniture. <laughs> we sent our landlord an email because we were like, nothing's wrong. We're had just somewhere to be. <laughs> we're just not gonna be here. Don't be worried.
1: <laughs> so we spent Wednesday after work packing the U-Haul. And Thursday, driving to New York. Oh, let's not overstate this.
0: We didn't wait till after work. We were too excited. We definitely started packing while people were trying to
1: shop at our store. Yeah, that did happen. <laughs> we
0: were like, it's cool. Look at yarn. and we're just going to disassemble the store around you. That's, that's fine, right? Maybe don't
1: stand so close to the shelf because it's about to leave. Beep, beep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we're coming south from New Hampshire to upstate New York. We've driven this way not infrequently, and normally in the fall, it is gorgeous. There's, like, autumn in New England leaves happening. But on Thursday morning, when we got up to leave,
1: it was foggy, terrifying. It was so scary, y'all. I was (laughs) driving a U-Haul, and I was tired, and I could not see the (laughs) road like, for a significant portion of Vermont. Right. Once we got to Massachusetts, it had cleared up a bit, but then it was a lot of traffic and less leaves. Right. And a duck or a
0: (laughs) (laughs) deer. Did you see a duck?
1: (laughs) Sure. No, I actually saw the Canada geese on the side of the road by the moose sign that always disappoints me. Yeah. But it was a lot of fog, serious fog. And it gave me tiny bits of fear about successfully getting there in one piece. Sure, I just kept wanting to say to Karen, at least we haven't seen any deer. And stopping myself <laughs> right. because I also realized that that would summon a deer into the middle of the highway. So oh, I didn't say a word. It's super wood. Yeah, that's how that works. So once we got to midday and we were in New York, y'all are behind us in the leaves. I guess I didn't really think about it, but the Hudson Valley has a lot of green still, but it was still gorgeous and amazing. Right. So at our first stop was we had to stop by the Indian
0: Tangled venue, which was at a horse track called Hits on the Hudson, to unload the U-Haul because we were going to have to get up very, very early on Friday to actually put stuff together. But we didn't want our U-Haul full of non-for-sale things to be in the way of the vendors who were, like, intense hustling on Friday morning. Okay. <laughs> First, Hits on the Hudson was a very functional
1: venue for this event. It was good outdoor space. The horse track part or show rings. I don't think they race there. I think it's like fancy dancing horses. <laughs> right,
0: right. I'd like to think there was like a sawdust square pit kind of that I would like to imagine horse ballet happens in. But I really have no idea because there was also a gazebo in the middle of it. No idea what was going on when it was horses. Because you're not a fancy horse girl. I'm,
1: <laughs> I am not. Nor am I as right. a part. <laughs>
0: It was fully 18 hours before the event. There was very little signage up at that point. And so we just sort of did what the GPS told us. First of all, this place was huge. It was
1: like dirt roads and trees and little streams. A lot of barns. So many barns. Mysterious. Num- I mean, like, I know why there were so many barns, <laughs> right. but zero horses. <laughs> right. I was baffled by the lack of horses. Not a horse to be seen, but a lot of barns.
0: So the first real adventure that we had as we're driving through this property, we got to a bridge that said horse only, and we are in a U-Haul. And so we parked the (laughs) U-Haul and we debated for a little while whether the bridge was horses only, because when there are horses around, the horses get right of way, or if we were about to collapse a bridge underneath us,
1: which was over water, by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so... We can tell you, you're probably guessing, we did not collapse the bridge. We did end up taking the risk. I think at one point I said, we'll do it fast like Indiana Jones. And then we were just going to (laughs) go. I said, put on your seatbelts. So it was going to help. Not too long after that, we got everything all set up. We unloaded everything. And
1: then we had the day off until Friday. Right. So naturally, we found another fiber festival to go to. (laughs) So besides like drop off kind of work-related things, our first adventure was (laughs) to go to Wool and Folk, which took place at the Hudson Brickyard in Kingston, New York. Yes. And this was the first year that this event was happening. It was organized by Catherine Clark from Brooklyn General Store and Felicia Eve from String Things Studio, which are both yarn shops in Brooklyn. And they decided to bring together Wooly Goodness and Folk Music. In a cool location on the river. It was such a neat spot. And that was it. Everybody was just like this venue, this venue.
0: We got there, I think. Like 3.30. Yeah. And the event was from noon to 7. And so definitely like we did not show up with a big crush of people also showing up at the same time. Everybody was just kind of relaxed. We actually saw Peg and Amanda from Junction Fiber Mill. They had driven down for the day, which was really exciting. Yeah, it was fun.
1: Yeah. It was like a very laid back way for us to start the intense weekend that Rhinebeck weekend is. Yes. And can I tell you what the highlight of the weekend was for me? Well, not the whole weekend of the afternoon. Uh-huh. It was having immediate access to sheep. Oh, yes. Because there are no fiber animals at Indian Entangled on Friday. So I thought I was going to have to wait until Saturday to see sheep. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I got to hang out with the sheep from Wing and a Prayer Farm that drove in a Subaru? I think, A Honda. I think those sheep took a smaller vehicle than we did
0: to get to Rhinebeck. They definitely <laughs> did.
1: They were in the backseat of the car and they right. drove in the car on the highway to get there. And I saw it on Instagram, so I know it happened. And then I scratched their little noses. And was so thrilled to be hanging out with them. Yeah. That was my favorite.
0: That was pretty good. hmm Did you buy anything at Woolen Folk? I didn't.
1: I did. Oh. I got to meet Yasmin of Designs by Yasmin, and I have been watching her work on Ye Oldie Gram for like the last year plus. If you haven't seen her work before, she crochets cool earrings mm-hmm. like on an actual hoop frame. And I got myself a pair. They're a fantastic pumpkin color. It felt very fall and festive, and I'm into it. It was good. (laughs) We were exhausted by the end, so.
0: Oh, we were so tired, and we knew we had to get up
1: super early on Friday. So, call it a night early. Yeah. That's kind of a lie. We stayed up knitting so late.
0: Oh, yeah, we did. We failed. (laughs) Okay, Friday. Our alarms went off at 4.45
1: because setup started at 6 a.m. And I had to drink a lot of coffee before we left the Airbnb.
0: We were staying like half an hour away.
1: We needed time. Our dear friend Lauren and Team Scratch member made this wild trip with us. (laughs) And I think she's maybe less of a morning person. Sorry, I'm telling on you, Lauren, than either of us are. So I think she was a real trooper and was like ready to go in the dark as much as anyone could be ready.
0: So we show up at the Indian tangled venue at like I'm going to say
1: 603. That feels correct. It is dark, dark, pitch black.
0: <laughs> there are no lights. There is fog. Mhm. It's that like damp woods smell because you're going through all of the trees to get to the horse arena. There were a lot of cool mushrooms there.
1: I almost said magic, magic mushrooms, mushrooms. <laughs> but really just amazing mushrooms. We did not ingest any wild mushrooms on this trip. <laughs> And then we set up a living room in the dark. Can we backtrack for a second, though? Yes. Because before we set up a living room in the dark, in the wet grass, as we were driving into the property, in our headlights, we saw movement. (laughs) And at first, none of us knew what we were looking at. We
0: hadn't had enough coffee to identify what we were looking at. And
1: also, who was expecting like eight animals? (laughs) Eight cats. Seriously, they were cats. At first I thought, possums? Yeah. Raccoons. A herd of barn cats. Feral cats. Wild cats. (laughs) I don't know what they were doing there. But they were like all running around in one spot together. And I felt maybe I was scared. Backtracking a little bit also... So on Thursday, while we were
0: dropping off our stuff, you know, we're sort of like hanging around a little bit to make sure it's ending up in the right place. There's a dog, a tiny little dog. And we see him so cute. And he starts trotting over. And then there is another dog, similar size, little like Jack Russell size little dog. Mm -hmm. And then there's a third dog. And I spent the whole time being like, if one of them gets in my Ikea bag, I have a new dog, but the dog never got into my Ikea bag. So they're just like stable dogs, and they were running around with the work crew. And I would say I felt like witnessing that experience was the closest I will ever come to watching wolves domesticate themselves. (laughs) Those little tiny dogs? (laughs) Those little dogs who were just like chilling with a group of people. The group of people wasn't really acknowledging them. They weren't really acknowledging the group of people. They were just rolling around
1: together. Oh, one of them acknowledged me. I fed were... a turkey out of my wrap. <laughs>
0: yeah. We were bribing those dogs intensely. Yeah.
1: I have pictures of that dog. And you may see that dog on our Instagram because so cute, so tiny. Anyway, so there were no dogs on Friday. There were only the feral cats that ran across the road.
0: And we set up our living room. It was a couch and a shelf and some chairs and the rug, tables, a couple of tables in the very wet grass. <laughs> And
1: then the sun came up over the horse arena. Over the mountains that we could see in the distance. The mountains were amazing. Sunrise was amazing. And then the chaos began. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But like good-natured chaos, not like screaming in fear. Like just lots of activity. So many fiber people intensely moving. Huge, huge quantities of yarn and exciting displays. And there were people everywhere. Yeah. And it's that
0: pre-show energy. Mm -hmm. Like if you've ever been backstage before an orchestra concert or something, and everybody's just kind of not quite ready to settle, it's that, but with big furniture and skeins of yarn. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) It was fantastic. So I'm going to tell you two more things about the day. Mm -hmm. One, it was so hot. It was
0: shockingly hot. It was like 80 degrees.
1: Sunburn hot. Yeah. Not like that sneaky sunburn where you're like, oh, I was out for a brisk walk on a cool fall day and I got a little rosy cheek. I legit was like, I am cooking and I feel like a vampire turning to dust before the entire compound. I had only packed sweaters for this weekend. I did not look at the weather before I packed. So
0: that's that's on me. But who was anticipating 80 degree hot sun day in mid-October in upstate New York? No one. Not I. No.
1: We survived, though. Oh, yeah. It was fine.
0: It was better than fine. It was awesome. We got to
1: meet so many people. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say. Love you all. So nice to meet you. You're so fun and fantastic and wonderful. And thank you for coming to hang out with us.
0: It was really good. And we had not at all anticipated that people would want for, I don't know why, that people would want to take pictures on our pink couch. Like, we had kind of imagined that we would kind of just sit there and hang out. But every time we would get up, somebody would sit down and take a picture.
1: And we were like, well, we can't just sit here all day. So it was a great excuse to walk around and enjoy all of the festival. Some of my favorite things upon meeting many of you were the things about listening to the podcast that stood out to you. (laughs) Like, I think the first person of the day that came up to us was like, okay, which one of you is the giggler? And that was Karen's response. She started uncontrollably giggling. (laughs) And it was amazing. I,
0: I like to help.
1: (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and then the woman who said it was very disconcerting to hear your voice which I think I said same
1: (laughs) yeah she heard me talking to Lauren I think she said it's so disconcerting and I was like (laughs) oh no oh no but I think she meant it with love oh yes definitely Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) and we had a question box with deer scratch questions and people left us some great questions the swap was
1: wild Yes, the handmade swap was a huge hit, and I feel like we will be doing this again in the future. Oh, for sure. Who knows where? We could do it anywhere, because wherever fiber people gather, I bet there will be enthusiasm about scooping up someone else's project that is (laughs) in need of a new home. We also got a lot of donations. Oh, so many. To UV Gear and Wise, the two local to us nonprofits that we were collecting supplies for. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate you. Thank you for bringing things for us to pass along to people who will need them this winter. So I think what you probably want to know is what shopping we did at Indian Tangled. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: I think the first thing I bought was from Woolens and Nosh. Which is amazing because we carry
1: Michelle's yarn in our store.
0: (laughs) Michelle is local to us. She dies out of Bradford, Vermont. She lives 15 minutes from the shop. She does really gorgeous self-striping yarn. And we haven't really been able to get it because she's been prepping for Indie Untangled.
1: And moving into a new dye studio. Right.
0: Michelle's had a lot going on. Busy early fall. We didn't realize until like halfway through the day when we were chatting with her that that was her first ever fiber show, which is kind of like saying you're going to learn to swim by just letting the sharks chase you and hoping you'll figure it out. That's so scary. (laughs) India Untangled is an intense event. It is, but it's not sharks nipping at your toes. (laughs) So you may know what India Untangled is, but the idea behind it, it's been going for years. Indian Untangled is always the day before New York Sheep and Wool starts on Saturday, and the idea is that it's a showcase for, like, up-and-coming indie dyers. And what it has evolved into, you buy tickets, your tickets are for a particular time, it's like an intense hour and a half, two hours, depending on the year, of shopping, and then that wave of people leaves, and a new wave of people come in, like, four or five times over the day. It's kind of an intense experience as a vendor, and it's great, and it's fun, Michelle, like, all kudos to you for that being your very first fiber show, is what I'm saying.
1: And your show Colorway, which I think was called Cornucopia, was amazing. It's what Karen got.
0: Yeah, that was the skein I got. I'm going to make socks. I'm excited.
1: You picked up a couple skeins of yarn. I got one skein of yarn, India Indian Tangled. It was the True Wash DK base from Little Fox Yarn. And I have not knit with her yarn before or seen it in person. And her colorways were beautiful. And I was excited to check it out because we, a couple of weeks ago, just did a whole episode on superwash yarn. So when I found out that she was using bases that are got certified merino and they have this, like, non-toxic superwash process, I was excited to pick up a skein. So I've got one. It's dark, amazing green. I don't really know how to describe it. It's a good color. Maybe I'll post a picture. Like I'll do a little flat lay of my weekend goodies that I picked up and share it somewhere because I got some nice stuff. Yeah. I also got a cute little bag. Not a project bag. I got the accessories wallet from Woodsy and Wild, which is cool. It's like a zipper pouch on both ends that's seamed up the middle, so it's two zipper compartments, and then there are snaps. You can fold it in half like a wallet.
0: It's really cool.
1: Yeah, super cute fabric. It's got like a little loop with a d-ring so you can clip it inside of your bag, your bigger project bag. And I also discovered that when you snap the two halves together, it's like the perfect size to keep a folded up extra mask. Oh, no kidding. So not in the pockets, but just like wedged between them. So that was super handy over the weekend.
0: I picked up a skein of Queen City yarns, which was not a dyer that I had been aware of previously. It's marled and it's really nice. It's like a rusty orange
1: marl. So pretty. And we saw lots of new and exciting dyers that we hadn't seen their work in person before. It was fantastic. Yeah. Knitters were so happy and crocheters were so happy to be together.
0: Yeah, it was a really well-run event. No horses. No horses. (laughs) Beautiful location. Yes. And then Rhinebeck. Woof.
1: So (laughs) much weekend.
0: (laughs) New York sheep and wool. So we did not get a particularly early start on Saturday, although we got a much earlier start than we were expecting because we were super excited to get to Rhinebeck. We sure were. We were like, we'll
1: go around lunchtime. It was like 10 and we were like, let's just get down there. So if you haven't been to Rhinebeck before, let me do a mediocre job of painting a picture (laughs) of this place for you. So it's held at the Dutchess County Fairgrounds, and they have a website, so you can probably go there and click around to see the map of the fairgrounds, to see kind of what the layout is. But there are these huge fields where a very well-organized team of people are parking thousands of cars and campers and U-Hauls. It is an enormous parking situation yes, <laughs> that just wraps all around. And then there are different gates to access. There are barns, enormous barns. Can I say, wait, when you're coming
0: through the gate, Yes, they do a bag check. They sure do. They're checking for, I don't know, weapons and alcohol and moths. Yeah, they did say that to <laughs> us. Because <laughs> they didn't listen to the moth episode and they don't know that most moths are
1: secretly your friend. Mhm. So cute. A little scary anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a series of these huge barns, and it's like you roll the dice. What's inside the barn? Is it going to be big long rows of vendors? Yarn and woven rugs and fleeces and baskets of roving? Hay on the ground everywhere? Or will it be a barn full of alpacas? (laughs) Or sheep? Or goats? It's so good. Everything's a surprise. Everything is exciting. I think
0: one of my favorite things that happened over the weekend was there was a younger man and a younger woman who were walking in together and they just walked into one of these barns and he turns to her and goes, who knew there were so many wool things?
1: (laughs) It was like low-key hilarity in our group. We were like, hmm, surprise. So in addition to these rows and rows of barns, there are little kind of sheds, huts, Mm -hmm. that have some specialty things in them. Because New York Sheep and Wool isn't the only event that happens here. Right. There are probably lots of other things. There are concerts. There are, I don't know, farm mm. equipment auctions.
0: Fair probably county
1: stuff. fair things. Who knows? I'm not an expert. <laughs> but some of these little hut building, outbuilding things that are not the big barns are, I think, dedicated to particular vendors. And these vendors do things like apple cider donuts.
0: Oh, the apple cider donuts.
1: Also maple cotton candy. And I always feel a little sad for them. (laughs) Because the maple cotton candy hut building is right next to the apple cider donut building. And you probably know that the apple cider donut line takes a long time to go through. It is famous. It's basically a
0: meme at this point. It's its own meme. Yeah. Wait, back up. Sure. Did you finish your Rhinebeck sweater?
1: Oh, I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) I finished my Rhinebeck sweater days before we left. Nice. I didn't have to do a thing to it while we were in New York because it was done. I just had to take (laughs) it out of my bag and put it on and feel a little overheated. (laughs) Right, because it was still warm on Saturday. Saturday was pretty warm and alpaca was maybe not my best choice of fiber for a warm, warm fall day. But I did it anyways. How'd your Rhinebeck sweater turn out, Karen? I finished it. I had time to wet block it. Okay,
0: I'm gonna tell you a long and convoluted story.
1: <laughs> it's a good story though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the Clodonia, which was my Rhinebeck sweater, was designed by Catherine Clark, who was one of the organizers of wool and folk. And when I finished it on time, I was like, I am wearing it to wool and folk. And so I did, which she I did. was very excited about. Catherine saw it and she was excited too, like I was excited.
1: They took a picture together. So that
0: happened. Saturday at Rhinebeck, our very first stop, Jessica had a particular
1: book she wanted to pick up. I got myself a copy of The Shetland Trader Book 3, which was released at Rhinebeck, and I got to chat with Gudrun Johnston, and she signed my book, and I was very starstruck, and I wanted to just talk to her about her cool dresses in this book, because it is full of patterns for tunics and dresses. Anyways, back to Karen's story.
0: So shortly before Jessica had this very successful interaction, (laughs) Gudrun Johnson was selling her books in the pom-pom booth. Because pom-pom published it. Yes. There was a woman in the pom-pom booth. And can I just tell you, this is not the first time I have said something wild to this poor woman, Megan. Megan saw me. She was also at Woolen Folk. What I heard her ask me was... Did you work at Woolen Folk? But in fact, what she had said to me was, Did you wear
1: that at Woolen Folk? Karen very quickly said, No, <laughs> no to her, while Lauren and I stood on either side of her saying, Yes, yes, she did. She did wear that to Woolen and Folk.
0: And then she goes, Well, I saw you. <laughs> And then she said, and actually, when we saw you, because I knit mine out of, I've mentioned this before, I bought the kit from Brooklyn General. I knit in the, I'm going to air quotes here, the original colors. She was like, when we saw you wearing it at Woolen Folk, we thought you had stolen our sample and you were running (laughs) around in it. All I could think was... Megan's day was still young, and hopefully I was the most awkward person she had to interact with that day.
1: (laughs) Oh, it was quite the conversation to behold. Like, (laughs) the look on everyone's faces for different reasons was exceptional.
0: I was very sure that I had not worked at that event. Very sure. (laughs) (laughs) I did not finish the words on the underside of the hem on my sweater.
1: You know what? You just hold on yourself because no one would have known that. I know. That would have been my proof that I had not stolen the sample. (laughs) (laughs) The sweater says nothing. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So
0: speaking of sweaters, the Rhinebeck sweaters everywhere. Every sweater at
1: Rhinebeck is a Rhinebeck sweater. Oh, sure.
0: But it was like a connect the dots between people who had done particular designers identified Rhinebeck sweaters. Mm -hmm. Like you
1: would look out over
0: the crowd and it was just the Illuminate sweater so many Illuminate sweaters. They were beautiful. They were gorgeous. We were on the hill where the meetups happen at the start of the Illuminate meetup. And it was just like people coming from everywhere. It was so cool. We definitely saw some half-finished or not quite finished sweaters. I saw one woman wearing one that was basically just the yoke, and I applaud her entirely. (laughs) Yes. Well, I guess she had split for the sleeves but had like barely split for the sleeves. Good for her. I was psyched.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely saw some half-knit sleeves. Do you want to hear something funny? It just made me think her sweater was kind of like a dickie. (laughs) And (laughs) I can't remember who it was, but I recently heard someone talking about how this year, this like winter season is going to be the winter of the dickie for knitters. And I was very skeptical about that. I recently saw the petite knitter. released a pattern no yes i i don't know what it's called, like the name of the pattern don't have it available we may have to look it up and add it in the show notes (laughs) but an actual knit dicky pattern which here we go we did ponchos and then swanchos and now we're streamlining we're making it smaller (laughs) i remain skeptical We'll see who else falls in line. I think it might become a thing. (laughs) It's a layering option.
0: Right. So I think sitting and knitting on the hill might have been my favorite part of Rhinebeck Weekend.
1: Such good people watching. Yeah. One of my favorite interactions I had the entire weekend happened because we were sitting and knitting on the hill. And it was me saying things that shocked this (laughs) one. And I don't know, I'll have to see if I can find who she is on Instagram, but I had seen her picture of her Rhinebeck sweater many days before we were in New York, just like kind of scrolling through my feed and was like, that is fantastic. And I love it. She had taken the chart from the pigeon sweater, which was knit in fingering weight. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm not knitting a fingering weight pigeon sweater. <laughs> and She used the weekender and just knit Pigeons across the front of her weekender. It was gorgeous. It was. And I waved at her and she waved back. And then I ran over and said, can I take your picture? I said, those are your pigeons on a weekender, right? And she looked at me with disbelief (laughs) and said, how do you know that? (laughs) And I said, because I saw it on Instagram, you posted pictures and wrote about it. And I think she was just kind of stunned that I saw it and came across her and was like, I have to come talk to you about this. And do you want to know what the best part of this whole interaction was? She has a pet pigeon. And she showed me a picture of her pet (laughs) pigeon. And I took a picture of her phone because I was so thrilled to learn this.
0: Jessica is very much at Rhinebeck for the animals. I think Mm -hmm. we would go through the (laughs) barns with the like sheep and goats and alpacas And I would be like two-thirds of the way through the barn, and Jessica is like communing with goat number two.
1: Like (laughs) I'm always the last one out of the animal barns. I have to pet their little noses and call them little sweetie cutie pies and talk to them. There were some really grouchy sheep
0: getting haircuts. Mm -hmm. We got videos.
1: I think one of my favorite animal experiences was not recorded and just will live in my heart forever. Uh Uh-oh. We walked into one of the barns, and there was a little pen of goats to our left. And as we were coming in past their pen, they just started screaming. (laughs) (laughs) And it terrified me. (laughs) Like it was just so startling. I about fell over. (laughs) So that was exciting. Another exciting animal experience. If you follow our Instagram account, you may have noticed that before we left for Rhinebeck, I posted a picture of an alpaca who had an amazing shag mullet. I love this alpaca. And I took that picture when we were at Rhinebeck in 2019. That alpaca was back this year. (laughs) And I took its picture again from like five different angles.
0: Every time we would see it, because we saw it a couple times, Mm because they like get the alpacas out and do things with them.
1: Jessica would be like, it's my friend, the alpaca. (laughs) Every time. She's so cute. She's little. She has great hair. She's the best. I just love her.
0: There were so many cool animals and so many cool farmers. We got to see Tammy from and a Prayer and her sheep again. Always fun. She has the cutest sheep and it's like a stiff competition for cute sheep. Did we shop at Rhinebeck? We did shop at Rhinebeck. I bought a book. You bought a book. Yep. I picked up a copy of Craft by Alexander Langlands. It's another history book, so we'll talk about it. Watch out. And I got a shirt from Matterroot with a sheep on it. And a giant temporary tattoo of a sheep. Yes, which I have not put on yet. It's pretty good. I also had my scariest dessert. (laughs) You can't take me to events, I think is what we're learning here.
1: Or you can, because (laughs) hilarity ensues. Let me, let me tell them about our dessert <laughs> yeah. experience. Yeah. This was on Sunday. Sure. On Saturday, we walked past the apple crisp stand. And I was like, I am getting apple crisp before we leave this place. And on Sunday, this was the day it was meant to happen. So we get up to the window. This is a lot of details for y'all, friends. So thank you for <laughs> hanging in here. The two most appealing apple crisp options were the Supreme apple crisp, <laughs> which I got which was covered in like fake caramel sauce and ice cream and whipped cream. There was a lot of stuff going on. And then there <laughs> was something very like autumnal in New England adjacent e, because New York is not in New England. Um, it was a uh, maple sugar apple crisp, which Karen was all in for to her peril, <laughs> I guess. I chose well and then
0: poorly. Mm-hmm. So as we're leaving the line... We run into Katie from Katrinkles, who's a friend of ours. We had not seen her for a bit, and we were really excited
1: to talk to her. So we stopped to chat with Katie. And as we are standing there, our two small groups of people converged, and we are saying our friendly hellos. Bees begin to (laughs) materialize. (laughs) Like, nobody saw them fly towards us. They were just suddenly there. And there specifically was all over Karen's Apple crisp. (laughs) There was, like, this swarm of bees invading our group. (laughs) And mid-sentence, because Karen was trying to say something to Katie, she just said, I'm going to take my bowl of bees and leave, and turned on her heel and disappeared.
0: It was a public service that I did. It was. (laughs) Also, only one bee came with me, so I don't know what was going on.
1: (laughs) That bee was committed. Yeah. It was having apple crisp, (laughs) much like I was. Huh. So that happened, too. It was like the bookend of Awkward with Karen at this event. (laughs) Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the yarn I got at Rhinebeck. Oh, yeah. (gasps) Yeah. I got yarn that I'm super excited about. So there's a farm in Red Hook, New York called Sawkill Farm. And it's owned by a family, and the woman who owns it, her name is Callie, and she's very nice and she has beautiful yarn. I don't know what breed of sheep she has on her farm. My ball band says Sawkill Farm Wool. It's 50% their wool and 50% merino, so it's a blend. And it's milled at Green Mountain Spinery right down the road from us. And it's so gorgeous. Super excited. So I picked up three skeins of the worsted weight, two of them were undyed, and then one was dyed kind of like mauve pink over gray wool, and it's gorgeous. I hand-wound a center-pull ball in our Airbnb and started knitting with it while we were there. It was amazing. Can I tell you how many dead leaves are inside my project bag? You can. I would guess it's probably a similar number to <laughs> the amount of dead leaves I have in mine. Yeah. I pulled
0: my laptop out of my bag at my meeting earlier, and I was like, that's a lot of leaves. They came off the tree on the hill at Rhinebeck, and I love them. Mm -hmm. Just make the weekend last.
1: (laughs) So, Jessica, what's on your needles? I have two projects. I am still working on my Cinnabar shawl. It is still fun. I am still a brioche garter combo super fan because it's just so much fun. And then I cast on the Gentle People shawl from Sylvia McFadden to knit with my Sawkill worsted weight, and it's lovely. And that's also like very kind of soothing, uncomplicated knitting. It's mostly stockinette. There's a garter section, and it's semicircular, and I'm super enjoying it. What's on your needles, Karen? My Gresham wrap,
0: I'm almost to the end of my first 150-gram skein of the white in the center of the wrap. It is very repetitive. I don't have to look at the pattern at all, which is great because, as I think all of these stories have demonstrated, my brain was mush all weekend. So tired. I don't know if meeting us at an event is like the best place to meet us or the worst place to meet us because. We were really excited to meet everyone, but then sometimes I just had to run away with my bowl of bees or I or I involuntarily lied to you about whether I was wearing
1: a sweater 2 days ago. I think when you say us, <laughs> you might mean you.
0: That's a fair point. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> But speaking of meeting us, we also should say thank you to everyone who came and met us on the hill, too. You all are lovely and amazing. And it was so nice to meet you. Thank you for taking time out of your exciting, fiber filled weekend to come and chat with us and show us your projects and show us your scratch birthday bags that you carried around your stuff in. It was fun and weird to see those out in the wild. And we can't wait to meet you again at some other place, whether it's here at the shop or at a fiber event or, I don't know, in a coffee shop somewhere. If you see us, say hello because we love you all. I'll probably say something super weird to you. Yeah, chances are good. (laughs) Chances are very good. I think that's it for us this week. I'll be putting up some more pictures on our Instagram and also have some special pictures planned for our Patreon people that I have not posted yet, but will be up in the next couple of days.
0: We always talk such a big game before events about how we're going to, like, post a bunch of pictures and all that kind of thing. And then we are just, we are so tired. We are so tired. And it happens, like, a week after it's over.
1: Mm -hmm. But it's coming. Mm -hmm. I promise. Thanks for listening to us. You may currently be subscribing on your (laughs) podcast listening platform of choice. Or you might be streaming it from our website, which is makegoodpod.com. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it. Because it's fun. Tell your friends. Rate and review us. We want there to be a bigger Make Good community because y'all are pretty great. And now that we've met you in person, we know that's absolutely true. Not just us imagining how great you are. <laughs> we want to hear from you. Send us your letters. You can email us scratch at com, or even easier, just use the little contact form on the Make Good Pod website. You can follow
0: us on Instagram at makegoodpod. Lots of animal pictures and project pictures.
1: And we've got a Patreon. We will show you some stuff that we're not posting anywhere else. Bye.